0: Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Happy Sunday, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Dating and Relationship Show. You're listening to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellada, dating coach, matchmaker, and founder of SingleInTheCity.ca, and thank you so much, guys, for joining me tonight and every week. I appreciate all of you, and I love all my fans. What really makes a relationship work, and how can you strengthen yours? Tonight, I'm joined by a leader in the matchmaking industry who is ready to share her expertise, Arlene Washburn. Arlene, is a master certified matchmaker. She is a science-based dating and relationship coach, creator of the Get Real Get Love Coaching System, and founder of AV Connections. And she has so much amazing knowledge to share with us tonight. Uh, we're going to be discussing how to show up authentically when dating, the building blocks for a successful relationship, and how you can problem solve for better satisfaction. Thanks for joining us tonight, Arlene, another one of my um, Clubhouse friends. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great and excited to be here with you, Laura. And, You're and like where the are you queen calling- of Clubhouse.
1: Yes, I. You know what? I just want top fifty. One of the top fifty creators on Clubhouse. I just got notified. Um, yeah. I guess they posted it yesterday, but I just found out today. So I'm kind of excited about that. But I love you on Clubhouse. You have so much uh, amazing knowledge to share. So I'm so excited for uh, for you being on the show today. So let's Thank start you off so by. Much. Yeah, so let's start off by chatting about the love languages and the way that we give and receive love, something that I, I think is so important in a relationship. What if you're in a relationship and you want to figure out your person's love language? So we were talking earlier and you mentioned that um, you can play a game with your partner to discover their love languages, right? So, And I've never, I like I we discuss the love languages on the Dating and Relationship Show a lot, but we've never just this method. So I'd love for you uh, to explain it and how you go about doing this because I found it quite interesting.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity, Laura. And and yeah, I remember we were talking about this and one of the things that's really successful in when you're training people is to get, gamify things, right? Gamification. And that could be also in your interactions with an individual. So if you are dating someone and you want to get to know them, you want them to get to know you and you want to introduce for example the five love languages. We all a lot of people know that there is a quiz that you can take online. And one thing I would suggest that people do and I have suggested in the past is to go and 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 mention to your significant other or person that you're newly dating, hey, I think this would be really cool and fun. I heard about this thing, the five love languages. Why don't you take the quiz? I'll take the quiz, and then let's get together. We'll have drinks or dinner, whatever, and discuss it. And what you're going to do then is instead of telling the person what your love language is, see if you can guess each other's love languages, especially after you've gone through the quiz and learned a little bit more about it. So it's a way to introduce a topic without being forceful or, or, you know, like imposing that on someone else, but more of like, let's do something fun. And I think most people are going to agree to that, and you will learn a lot about each other.
1: I love that. Um, now, is this for people that uh, would have a hard time communicating that, that? Because I have no problem saying, hey, listen, this is what I need. to feel love from a relationship. I need my, you know, my love tank filled on a regular basis, and this is exactly what I need. So would you suggest that for people who have a hard time with communicating in a relationship, especially early on? Uh, Yeah, early on, because this is when you want to have those tough conversations.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think clarity, transparency, and communication about what your wants and needs are, all the time is always appropriate. I know people think that there's a time for that. I mean, obviously not on a first date, <laughs> beyond a first date. And even some sometimes during a first date, you're sort of um, planting seeds about your wants and needs because you're going through a vetting process. But it's not just for people who don't know how to communicate it. It's also a good check-in for yourself because we evolve as individuals. We're a work in progress until the day we die. So you might want to go back and take that five love language quiz and find out that maybe your love language has shifted. Now, it has that's shifted. Not to say, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: thank you. Yeah, it has. What what I thought I wanted before, it, it's similar, but I want more now. So, um, so it has shifted a bit. So, thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because when you think about, first of all, we all want everything in the five love languages. It's, it's the What we focus on uh, primarily is the thing that really bubbles up for us, and sometimes there's two things that are equally most important, but it doesn't mean that the other things are not important. Um, So, yeah, it's really good to always be checking in with yourself the same way that you do with a partner because we're always evolving, always changing, and once we learn about these changes in us, we need to also communicate that with the partner that we're with so that that's how partnerships remain uh, ongoing and, and cohesive. You know, people say they, they got, you know, they fell apart, things didn't work out. It's because they're not checking in. I think people need to check in on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, I love that. so important. And as dating coaches, we talk so much about authenticity and how it's so important to show up as ourselves in a relationship. Uh, Many people don't show up as themselves, or they put up a front because they have a fear of being rejected or losing the person that they're seeing. Or maybe we may, uh, you know, become stupid in love. We try to change ourselves. We try to make ourselves look good for someone, and maybe our efforts... May not be reciprocated. So, what advice do you have for people to be their most authentic selves when it comes to dating and relationships?
0: What I would say about authenticity is that, particularly, okay, let's start from the beginning when you start when you first meet someone. Mm-hmm. When you first, if you let go of the attachment to the outcome of how this is going to go down and you connect with yourself and what your wants and needs are. And that you learn to communicate within your own style. So it's not off-putting. You become more authentic and therefore people can assess if this is someone that they want to be with, you know, and I think what happens many times when people date, they show up like they're auditioning for someone and they become a chameleon and start trying to (laughs) twist themselves in every possible way to fit in because maybe you saw that this person online ticked all the boxes and you're now operating from a point of just, you know, uh, this outcome because this is the guy and I want this to work out. So it's so important because you can't sustain when you're being fake and inauthentic, you can't sustain that for any real length of time. Eventually, the real you is going to come out and then you're gonna, you're going to have wasted your time. And I think for people who think that they're trying to be quick and they really want to meet someone, don't do these time-wasting activities of not being authentic, auditioning for people. And being a chameleon girlfriend because it it never really works, <laughs> I hate to say never, I hate absolutes, but it rarely does it work.
1: It rarely does, and you don't end up meeting the right person and then it right and then you you're wasted that time and then you get to get back out there again. I used to be that person, I used to be that person who liked what they liked. I like this type of music, so do I. <laughs> 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 I like eating this. So do I. This was many, many moons ago when I didn't know anything about dating, but I've learned I've learned a lot um throughout my journey, that's for sure. So, and also for those who uh make themselves look good for someone um and you know, the other person's efforts or the person that you know you're trying to look good in front of is not reciprocating. You have to keep in mind never to lose yourself in the process of loving someone. Never, ever allow someone to treat you like crap, okay? Never beg for love. Never beg for affection. No one is worth begging for. No one is worth chasing for. You deserve all the happiness in the world. You deserve to be with someone who really, really appreciates you, you know? And at the the right time, everything will fall in its right places. Please don't settle for less than you deserve. All right, what, what do you have to say about that?
0: I completely agree, and I think the best way for someone not to do all of the above is to seek out the right information. There's a lot of skills and knowledge and research and science to dating and relationship that is now more and more available, including studies that have been funding by, funded by, in my case, I'm in the U.S., So uh, the National Institutes of Health, I mean, there's information out there. There's no longer this airy-fairy thing that we've all been told, hey, when you least expect it, it's going to happen, just sit and wait. That stuff is not effective for anything else in life. It certainly is not effective for love and relationships, and you can get knowledge to be good at relationships so you can be successful.
1: Especially nowadays especially nowadays we need to take a break after the break we're going to be discussing the important things to keep in mind for a healthy relationship
0: back to the dating and relationship show with laura bilotta from single on global news radio 640 toronto
1: you're listening to the dating and relationship show on global news radio 640 toronto i'm laura bilotta with my guest arlene washburn we're talking about what you need to keep in mind for a healthy relationship i'm loving this conversation today okay now this is going to be a great one to dive into. I was peeking on your Instagram earlier and came up with uh, one of your checklists that you posted on what really makes relationship work. Now, I've been, again, you know, uh, sneaking and checking up on you and taking a look at your relationship and I'm just enamored by it. I think you and your husband are so adorable And I feel like there's a sense of calmness between the two of you and you guys really have it figured out. So I would love to get your perspective on this, okay? Um, I would love. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we could go through some of the most important things that you need to keep in mind for a successful, happy relationship. So the ones that I felt were most important. So appreciate everything that they do for you and say thank you, even for the little things.
0: Yeah, that's a big one because when you think about the fact that if you are a single person, you're basically, I always say if single people pay a singles tax meaning you have to pay for everything, you have to do everything, it's all on you. You're not getting the support that you would have if you have a partner. Therefore, when that partner comes into your life, then you should appreciate the things that they've taken off your plate that you would have to do for yourself. And I mean the simple things because also it's a reinforcement of you know if they empty out the dishwasher and they're walking past you you could you could always say thanks for emptying out the dishwasher. you would have had to done to have done that yourself if you were living alone, and it's those little things and that level of appreciation, especially for women towards men because men are already operating on a deficit of not enough compliments, not enough appreciation, that's one of the things that they. Um, pine for because you know, women get compliments from their girlfriends, their friends, the men, etc. Men typically don't get that, so they're already at a deficit. So, you kind of almost have to, as you would say, fill up their tank in that department. So, yeah, appreciation is huge.
1: Okay, and good, I'm doing that right.
0: <laughs> Help them when
1: they need you without complaint. Now, this one can be a little difficult for some people, I'm assuming. Um, Because sometimes we don't want to do the things that they want us to do. But I know that relationships are all about compromise. So go ahead on this one.
0: Yeah, so it's definitely about compromise, and it is definitely about doing it genuinely. So I'll give you an example. If you're going to help your significant other, and they're asking you to do something, and you cannot do it, Don't be a people pleaser either and say yes and then not do it, which is what most people pleaser will do, right? Because they don't want to upset you in that moment. Think of when you can do it and say, I would love to help you with that, honey. I can't do it today. How about Thursday or Friday or whatever? Because then you're being very intentional and you are working within your, you know, you have these boundaries And you're doing things when you can do it, and then when you do it, you do it lovingly, even if it's a task that you don't enjoy because you know that that person is also going to be there for you and do things that they don't necessarily want to do, but they're doing it because they love you. And that's how partnerships work.
1: Exactly. It's a give and take and a relationship. And what happens is when you say, yeah, I'll do that, and then you don't do it, first of all, your partner loses a little bit of trust in you, especially if they have to continuously remind you. And then guess what? All of a sudden, they're an nag, right? Because mm-hmm. now they're nagging at you because you promised them something. But, hey, you promised them something. So you, they're not an nag. You're actually in the wrong. So don't promise something that you can't, you know, you're not going to end up being able to, to do so. So that one's <coughs> very important. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Laura, you hit you hit such a huge topic. We can do a whole conversation about that because, yes, you that's exactly right. Trust is huge. This is the one thing that everyone has in common that they're looking for, and trust is not just people cheating on you, but people who don't do what they say they're going to do. Your words and your actions should be congruent, and when they're not, People cannot trust you. You become unpredictable, and it's a very uncomfortable place to be in with someone. Someone who's un- unpredictable, impulsive, and and doesn't follow through, and then you have to nag on top of that, that's terrible. So you you hit on a huge topic right there. We won't go down the rabbit hole, but definitely don't do that. And, and and people will do that, like I said, inadvertently as people pleaser because they want to just say yes quickly and make the person happy in that moment, but you're doing yourself a major disservice. So I won't belabor that, but that's that's a really great point that you made.
1: Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Now, instead of being defensive, try to ask questions that will help you understand their concerns or complaints.
0: Yeah. That's a big thing. So, being defensive is very, very challenging in a relationship because when you're defensive, you're no longer communicating or wanting to understand one another. There's a block right there, and that's one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, according to Dr. Gottman. He is a uh, scientists who can predict within 94% if a couple early on who just met, by their conversation, he can predict if they're going to end in divorce within 94% accuracy. And why? Because that is one of those things that will cause the end to a relationship, defensiveness, criticism. So there's two more. We'll get into that, I'm sure. But, yeah, that that's not what you want to do. What you want to do is just ask questions. Get curious. You know, if you genuinely love someone and you want to have a good relationship, then you become curious about why are they saying this or what, you know, like get to the bottom of what they're trying to communicate. And if something bothers someone, figure out if it's really that thing that's happening right then, or is it something else that's actually in their mind or whatever, or something that's been accumulating. And that's what people do in relationships. It takes effort. It's not hard. It just takes effort. Right, and
1: maybe say something like, "'Hey, babe, you know you just said something, um, I don't quite understand what you meant. Maybe you can say it differently, so I can try to understand where you're coming from, um something like that that makes sense
0: exactly absolutely
1: okay. now, don't criticize the person. Address their action. This one's important too.
0: They're all important. Yeah, this... <laughs> well, this is a huge one because sometimes. When we're in a heated moment and something happens, let's say someone does something and they could be doing it innocently and it it pisses you off for whatever reason and you say, you always do that thing. Now you're addressing the individual and making and wronging them and their existence and who they are rather than say, every time this, you know, when this happens or you know when you do this thing, it makes me feel this way, and now you're dealing with the thing itself, you know, and uh I think I mentioned to you earlier, like my husband and I had a conflict recently, and we were it it got pretty heated and once we came out of that whole situation, I came back to him and we we both agreed we want to have a loving and peaceful relationship. that's not the way we want to react to any situation, so from now on, we are going to collaborate in solving the problem, in other words. If something happens that we don't like, we're going to say, how do we get it to a place where it doesn't happen again rather than focusing on each other and wronging each other? And that's the way you stay in that loving space instead of putting the person down.
1: And how did you start those conversations with your husband?
0: Well, we have a, a routine. We have two dogs and um, I am a firm believer and this is something that um, one of my mentors, Terry Orbuck, always talks about. I think couples if you want to maintain a relationship, you have to check in, you should check in daily and talk about the things that are important that matter. And when you're in a heated moment and you're arguing, it may sometimes not be the best time to resolve the issue. And sometimes you just need to take a break. And so uh, every, every day we take a 10 minute walk. We go for a walk with the dogs where, where I live in front of a river, we're connected to nature and everything else. And then sometimes if we need to bring up, something that happened, we'll, we'll do that. Or we'll just talk about life and my goals and my new thing that I'm working on, whatever. But we do this check-in. And and I brought it up. I was like, you know, this that whole argument that we had the other day, I'm wondering if maybe we could, you and I could focus on, and I do bring this up because I'm the expert in this area, right? So I know what I should be doing when I screw up. I know when I'm screwing up because I'm human too, right? right. So I said, to him, maybe we should focus on avoiding that kind of situation in the future. Can you, are you okay with, is, is, will this work for you? And it's always a question, never a command. <laughs> it's never like, this is what we're going to do. I say, would you be okay if you and I, from now on, when we run into these major impasses, that we figure out a way to kind of roll up our sleeves and work on how we avoid this so that it's not an issue in the future? And he says, that sounds reasonable to me. And then we move on from there.
1: Awesome. I love that. (laughs) I do. You got a good one. Uh, Talk about your issues before there is resentment and hire
0: a professional if you need help. Absolutely. And again, this is one of those things where people do not address situations because they think they're going to have someone running for the hills. But when you have this internal issue, it's going to come out because what you think needs to be congruent with what you say and what you do. So when you're thinking a certain way, and even though you're not sharing that wholeheartedly, somehow your action is going to come out in a certain way or the littlest thing is going to make you flip. So it's really important to, as they say, sweat the small stuff. Every time something is not going in the direction that you want it to go in, address it. Just do it in a way that is not off-putting. But people, the only way they can get to know you is is you tell them how you feel and what you think, etc., without making accusations. And I think people just hold in way too much stuff, thinking, that's not what I... I don't want to be nitpicking, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, in the end, it all comes out, and usually people end up breaking up because they really didn't get to know each other.
1: Yeah. That's why it's so important to communicate early on in a relationship and have those conversations. When you first meet, right... It's like it's almost like mm-hmm. practicing. It's like a muscle. If you only start communicating six months into your relationship, <laughs> it's gonna you know, it's gonna be a lot more difficult to to learn about each other, to understand each other and, and to start communicating then. So start early on. Okay. Always respect each other. Oh my goodness, I'm huge on respect. Once you disrespect, um, honestly, like it's so hard to to get it back. So what do you want to say about that one?
0: Yeah, I, I like to, I'm I'm a very, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you never cross that line of disrespect. So no name calling, no cursing at, you know, um, and saying things that are below, below the gut, you know what I mean? Like, if you really think about it, when you're in a heated moment, if you can bring yourself to take a few deep breaths and say to yourself, this is someone that I love. And we're having, you know, there's a situation right now, like it literally, if you can take three deep breaths, you can do this, believe it or not. And then, do I love this person? Do I want this situation to be the end, right, of our relationship? No, then, okay, how do I want, how am I going to come at this so that I can communicate and get to agreement, even if sometimes it is agree to disagree, that is the goal. When you love someone, you want to get to agreement. It's not about being right. It's not about being wrong. That's all ego-driven. Uh, if you can get your ego out of the way in anything in your relationship, you're going to be so much better off. So wanting to be right and wrong is an ego thing. It's more about how can we agree. And we that's, that's what I recommend over and over again.
1: We need to take a break my love when we come back we're just going to continue with a couple more of these points um the important things to keep in mind for a healthy relationship we're also going to talk about the importance of problem solving and in, in communication in relationships we'll be right back
0: Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from SingleInThisCity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show. It's Sunday night. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto with myself, Laura Bellotti, your host, dating coach and matchmaker at singleinthecity.ca. Tonight, I'm joined by this week's guest, Arlene Washburn, who is also an amazing uh, science-based dating coach and relationship coach, also a matchmaker. Let's get back to our chat about things to keep in mind for healthy relationships. Okay, so the next one on my list, we're going to get through these quickly because I have more things to ask you here today. Um, talk about your life, your ideas, your wants, and your needs. Why is this so yeah, important?
0: It's super important because, as I said before, people get, you know, they fall apart because they don't check in. They're not constantly letting the person know what growth they're going through. So, by doing that, it really keeps people succinct and on the same page and aware of what the other person's doing.
1: Right. And, and, and think- you know what? And before the break, we we were talking about always respecting each other. Uh, and one thing I, I wanted to say that was so important is don't put others before your partner, right? Because that's just like a kick in the gut. <laughs> like, make sure you're giving your partner the uh, the respect that they deserve and, and don't put others in front of them. And don't embarrass them in front of others as well. Okay. Uh, one more thing on your list is... That I loved. I mean, you have a few other things, but kiss daily. Oh, I love this. And tell them that you love them as well every single day.
0: Yeah, that's really important. There's certain hormones that are released by kissing. So from that standpoint, it reconnects you to your person, but also it's it's another way of checking in and making sure that that love is ongoing. And as they say, the grass is greener where you water it. And relationships take time and effort, and as long as you're putting that time and effort into it, it's always going to get better and better and evolve into different, you know, fabulous things that can happen in the relationship.
1: Wonderful. Now, when it comes to traditional relationships, some men need guidance, and some women realize that they aren't exactly what, what they want and give up on them, and vice versa, right? Uh, We can't expect every person to understand our thoughts and and what we need. Can we train them to be the partner we need? And I know that at the beginning of the show, you said something about training them. So can we train them to be the partner that we need them to be? And are we training our men or are we basically just giving up on them?
0: Yeah, I think that we're always training each other, Um, although I will say there is, you know how they say, happy wife, happy life, (laughs) that there is science to that, where that's a whole rabbit hole that we can get into. Women do set the tone in many ways in a relationship, so it's very important for us to be able to communicate our needs, to communicate them uh, lovingly, but, you know, straightforward and the men will respond to that because men are natural problem solvers. But if you have expectations, meaning that you're sitting there waiting for someone to do something without having communicated the, what, whatever whatever it is that you want, that's not fair to him. And that's not a great way to get results. So we are always in training. I always say we're a work in progress in until training. we die. But mm-hmm. I would
1: think that guys would, would, would view that as nagging. Like there's a, there would be a fine line between what's a fine line between training and nagging? Because I would see a guy going, why do you keep telling me this? Like, if, like, what if you try to train them and they're not listening to you? It in, goes in one ear and out the
0: other. Then what? Well, like, because there's more than one line. way to train. I think... <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, if you're reinforcing, is sometimes, you know, the whole nagging thing is being repetitive and saying it in an off-putting way and things like that, as opposed to rewarding you know if if somebody does something that that you like reinforcing that and saying i love when you do xyz i love it when you show up and you bring something you know since i'm here cooking dinner and 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 going out of my way for you and you know that person doing something reciprocal you have to constantly be making them aware of what they're doing right so that they can do more of that and if they're doing something that bothers you you could always communicate, when when this happens, it makes me feel this way, and it's not a good feeling. And then they know, oh, okay, so let me avoid doing that. And I do that all the time with my husband, and sometimes he'll repeat things to me. It's hysterical. He'll say, well, I wouldn't want to do X, Y, Z, because I don't want you to feel that, you know? So he'll yeah. throw it back at my face, but it's present in his mind, and that's all that counts.
1: Now, how would you react to your partner telling you that you're never happy? What if you find yourself constantly finding issues in your relationship and looking for red flags. You don't feel like you're complaining or nitpicking because for you these seem, you know, they seem valid, but for somebody else it might feel like you're trying to change them. How can you shift, you know, or how can you shift your mindset or are your concerns valid?
0: Well, it's really important to to be honest with yourself. Um, so it depends on what stage In the relationship you're in, if you're in a marriage, you've chosen someone, you've decided that this is someone that you're committed to, you have to commit and recommit daily. And with that, you also, putting the relationship aside for a moment, it's really important to consistently be in gratitude and also to highlight the things that are going well. Because the way our mind works, it's already very negative. All of the thoughts that we have are repetitive and a lot of them are negative naturally. Right. So you want to bring up what the things that make you happy. Like I'll tell my husband all the time, hey, I'm so glad that you, that you convinced me to move out here. I love it. It's beautiful. That sets the tone for the relationship so that when a complaint comes in and and that should also be handled appropriately, it's not just complaining all the time. Because the problem is, is if everything's good, you don't say anything about it. You're just thinking, oh, everything's good or this is great, blah, 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 but it's in your head and you're not voicing it, then the only other thing that's coming out of your mouth is criticism and things that are negative, then that will deteriorate the relationship. And that's, that is one of the four horsemen, which is criticism. So it's important to always be aware that you are bringing up the positive and the negative.
1: I love that advice. Thank you so much. I needed to hear that today. Now, (laughs) let's chat about problem solving as well. So, how can you avoid um, arguments with your partner or confusion when it comes to communication? I mean, for many of us, uh, our initial reaction to a situation might be to get upset, right, or get angry. What can we do differently? How can we communicate more effectively,
0: yeah, and and this is something you, you hit on before, and I just want to reiterate that if you go into curiosity and you're asking questions, it's very challenging to be upset at the same time. If you're genuinely interested in understanding why is this happening or what you said didn't land, can you say it in a different way so I understand it? I want to make sure that I'm clear or repeating back, did you mean this, that, and the other? Once you get into curiosity mode, it's hard to hold on to the anger. And, you know, as an immediate thing, you would deal with anger by taking a few deep breaths and then go into curiosity. But that is the most effective way. And never be afraid that someone's going to walk away because you're asking questions. You're just getting to know them. On the, on the contrary, they're going to feel like you want to understand who they are, where they're coming from. So that's always the best practice.
1: All right, we need to take another break. Um, When we come back, we're going to be sharing some fun relationship facts. We'll be right back.
0: dating and relationship show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on global news radio 640 Toronto. And
1: we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationships Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, with my special guest, Arlene Washburn. And we're going to chat about some fun and interesting relationship facts coming up right now. Now, I got these questions from a quiz um, that you have on your website on how much do you know about relationships. And I thought it would be fun to go through some of these on air. We'll just do maybe three of them. I know there are ten. Um, if people want to take the quiz on your website, where would they go and do that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. They can go to getrealgetlove.com and take the quiz. It's a pop-up that that will come up on the website.
1: All right. So I even got stumped on a couple of these and I'm hoping I didn't even I didn't answer them wrong. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> do you believe that opposites attract and most likely stay together over time?
0: Do you want what me you to think? give you the answer or do you do you want to guess it? Well, let the me answer. tell
1: you what I think. Let me tell you what I think. Um, I think that most people would believe that opposites attract, um, but it's not necessarily true. I think, in fact, it's it's not opposites that draw us to our romantic partners, but I think more so personality traits, similarities, and and even biological cues. Mm-hmm. I yeah, no, that's <laughs> he doesn't
0: want, you want to give out the answer. <laughs> no, I am going to give you the answer. the The answer is false. Uh, opposites are not likely to have a long-term relationship, but I want to qualify that by saying we're not talking about looks. Like, for example, I'm, I'm in an interracial relationship. So the fact that my husband and I are not, you know, one is Caucasian, the other one is a person of color, that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about birds of a feather flock together in that they need to have the same or similar core values and key life values, because otherwise, over the long haul, they're not likely to succeed. And that can mean, you know, we can go into a lot of different things, but I would say finances, you know, your outlook towards finances, your outlook towards family and children, um, your outlook towards work and work ethic, you know, um, these are things that people usually want to have in common. Religion is a big one. and nowadays, Where do you want to live US?
1: even? Like, where do you want to reside? Like, if you're a city person and your husband, like, if they worked for you guys, but you were yeah. willing to, to move, but if one of you uh, lives in the city, one of you wants to live in the country, and you're not willing to budge, neither of you are, I mean, that relationship will never really work. I mean, it can't unless you're going to live separately. So those are things I, that are important.
0: Yeah, totally important, energetically even, like, um, you know, if you're the type of person who wants to go on vacation and see everything, see all the sides go through the tours, et cetera, and the other one is the type of person who just wants to mope around on the beach and, and go out at night and have drinks, even that could have an impact. So there's, and every individual is going to be different, but these are, like, the highlights of the big things that tend to come up. Um, and, yeah, you definitely want to have those things in common in order for you to have a successful relationship.
1: Core values, very, very important. Okay. Now, women have more romantic thoughts and feelings that men uh, about men when it comes to love and relationships. Do you think that women or men fall in love more quickly?
0: What do you think? True or false?
1: Uh... No, I think well, I think men have romantic thoughts and feelings when it comes to love and relationships as well. Do I think that men fall in love more quickly or women who? I think men do.
0: Yeah. You're 100% right.
1: <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Can you explain why from a from a scientific perspective?
0: Well, the science the and I would say the research shows that men have more romantic uh, thoughts and, and fall in love quicker than women do. And so and this is an interesting thing because if women think and and I can tell you that most women that I run into think the opposite. They're going into a relationship with a lot of cynicism because they really don't believe that men are capable of falling in love and want to have these relationships. There are more men who die for love than women. Women don't you know, there's so much more resilient in women when they're widows Versus the men when, you know, they lose a wife, uh, a lot of times you hear that they die shortly thereafter. So it is a major, major thing. So for women to know that men are romantic and that they are capable of falling in love faster and they're not just looking to get laid, that is a huge paradigm shift in the way you approach having a relationship with a man if you're a heterosexual woman.
1: The last question I'm going to ask you from your quiz is, do you think that you're more likely to get divorced after your second or third marriage than your first? Yes.
0: yes. And 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 what was your what was your thought on that?
1: Well, I my initial thought was no because you may have hopefully you've learned a thing or two and you've matured. Um but then I'm leaning more towards yes. So what do you think? Or what's the
0: answer? You're 100% right. Um, your first marriage, and this will fluctuate, obviously. Um, one of the things that creates a fluctuation in divorce is the economy, believe it or not. Um, but your first marriage, you're more or less 41% likely to get divorced, although those, those stats are going down. Your second marriage goes up 60% you're likely to get divorced. And guess what? Your third marriage you're about 73% more likely to get divorced. So the oh. more times you get married, <laughs> the more likely you are to get divorced. Now, oh, wow. a lot of factors in in those numbers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. For the rest of the trust questions, you're going to have to check out Arlene's website. What uh is your website again, Arlene?
0: Go to getrealgetlove.com, take the quiz. And then I'd love to offer people a free membership uh, to my Get Real, Get Love membership site. It's member.getrealgetlove.com. And you'll get a lot of resources and some information about these these answers and uh, a bunch of different things that you can learn about dating and relationships.
1: I love it. And where can people learn more about you on Instagram, on Clubhouse, and so forth?
0: You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, LinkedIn, Facebook, all under at Arlene Washburn, Wash and Burn. (laughs)
1: All right, everybody. Make sure you check her out. She is amazing. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And I am hosting a New Year's Eve party this year at Kelly's Landing in Toronto. Obviously we couldn't host an in-person party last year, but we are hosting a party this year. I'm so excited for it. For more information, please check out singleinthecity.ca. You can also check me out on Instagram, official Laura Balada, or on Clubhouse Laura Balada. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in each and every week. I Appreciate and love you all. Ciao for now.